Welcome to the Boonville Worship Center Sermon Podcast. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your body. Thank you for order. Thank you, Father, for establishing the church. All the relationships, the um, strength of the church, and um, the way you've designed us for warfare. You've designed us for... um, to stand, to take a stand in, in a world that we're not part, even really part of. We live here, but we live in your heavenly realm. So help us, Lord, to um, uh, set our minds on your kingdom, on what you desire. Even, even this lesson tonight, Holy Spirit, we have to have you. We rely on you. We depend on you. Uh, to unite us, to give us one heart, one mind, a desire, Father, that you have for the body of Christ, with Jesus as the head. So help us, Lord, to um, submit to that, to submit to Jesus, Holy Spirit, and also to be willing um, to admit when we're wrong. Uh, Such a a tough thing, and you're going to put your body together the way you want it. You're going to uh, uh, fulfill your plan and purpose for Boonville Worship Center. So thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for knitting us together, bringing us together, and um, teaching us tonight. And we uh, thank you. Thank you already that we feel peace, your presence, and your anointing in this place tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, Um, about a year, probably a year or a year and a half ago, I taught a lesson on our God-given authority. And um, that has just been stirring in me over and over and rereading and going over the scriptures. And and then, you know, a few weeks ago, Lori taught on... um, uh, the kingdom and suffering violence and and that we take the kingdom that that since the days of John right the kingdom has suffered violence meaning people wanting to force their way in to force their way into that kingdom and we live in a world and we live in times that um, are ever a bit as hard as as they were I'm sure when Paul wrote his letters to the churches and uh, the days when Jesus walked on the earth. Um, And it's no different today. We live in a world that is trying as hard as ever to force their way into the kingdom of God, to to take the kingdom of God illegitimately, um, to imitate the church, to pull away Uh, the body of Christ to confuse, cause confusion, even in the minds of Christians. Christians who love Jesus, but then begin to be confused by worldly things that say, well, that's not really what that means. That's, That's not really. And start to teach differently or present different ideas. 
and things that are contrary to the word of God. So more than ever, fall in love with the Holy Spirit. More than ever, spend time um, talking and loving on the one that Jesus left us, that Jesus promised us, he gave him, he gave him to us. And, and, and the Lord does not get upset with us when we ask something. He doesn't get upset when we question something and ask him for the answer or for truth. And uh, he will tell us. He promises to tell us clearly. He will answer us. So um, definitely we are in times when um, Christians, the church, if we're not spending time in our word, in prayer, um, allowing Holy Spirit to pray and, and speak to us, um, you know, it, it's going to be harder than it has to be for believers uh, as, as we get closer and closer to the return of Jesus. One thing I wanted to say is, you know, as we read our Bible, even, even in Book of Revelations, and we always read it as if, well, that's yet to come. But if it's in the Word, it's really already happened, right? It's already been established. It's already written. And we, you know, we just um, have to hear from the Holy Spirit on how we respond to these things that we know um, are coming. It really doesn't matter if it's now or later or we're alive or we're dead because it's already as far as heaven is concerned, it's, it's happened. It's been established. So let's talk a little bit about authority. Um, you know, uh, one of the questions I asked when I taught this uh, before was, what comes to mind when we hear the word authority? As believers, I'm saying, what comes to mind? That's a question. So where does your mind go? And what do you think about first? Jesus, God, the authority of God, right? We live in a world where um, uh, there's great abuse of authority, right? And, and we can be confused as believers even to say... Um, well, you know, the word says that we should honor and submit to authority. But, you know, but the bottom line with the disciples was, if I, so I don't disobey God in order to obey man. So there will be those tests. There will be those tests uh, uh, perhaps soon for the, for the body of Christ to say, you know, if I obey man, then I disobey God. I will obey God. And the disciples knew that real well because most of them were in jail for um, not uh, submitting to earthly authority. Not, not as far as di they didn't go out looking for it. They were just doing what God told them to do. 
And as the body of Christ, that's our, that's our commission too, is to do what the Lord told us to do. And so um, we really need the help of the Holy Spirit, uh, I think, in times to come already, situations that are here. But um, let's, let's talk about this. Let's go to Ephesians um, uh, chapter 1. And I think I have it pulled up in the message. Sometimes when I just listen to the Bible audio, I'll listen to the message. And if you don't mind, I mean, if you have a big objection to it, then, then read from your Bible and tell me. You can, you can, you're welcome to read from it in the class as well. Paul is um, in Rome. He's in prison or at a minimum he's under house arrest at this time. He's writing to the church of Ephesus. And he says, um, I, Paul, am under God's plan as an apostle, a special agent of Christ Jesus, writing to you faithful believers in Ephesus. I greet you with the grace and peace poured into our lives by God, our Father, and our Master, Jesus Christ. How blessed is God, and what a blessing he is. He's the father of our master, Jesus Christ, and takes us to the high places of blessing in him. Long before he laid down earth's foundations, he had us in mind and had settled on us as the focus of his love, to be made whole and holy by his love. Long, long ago, he decided to adopt us into his family through Jesus Christ. What pleasure he took in planning this. He wanted us to enter into the celebration of lavish gift-giving by the hand of his beloved son. Because of the sacrifice of Messiah, his blood poured out on the altar of the cross, we're free. We're a free people, free of penalties and punishments chalked up by all our misdeeds. And not just barely free either abundantly free he thought of everything he provided everything we could possibly need letting us in on the plans he took such delight in making he set it all out before us in christ a long-range plan in which everything would be brought together and summed up in him everything in deepest heaven everything on planet earth it's in christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, he had his eye on us, had designs on us for glorious living, part of the overall purpose he is working out in everything and everyone. It's Christ, it's in Christ that you, once you heard the truth and believed it, this message of your salvation, found yourselves home, free, signed, sealed, and delivered by the Holy Spirit. Does that mean your life is going to be perfect? No. But this down payment from God is the first installment on what's coming. A reminder that we'll get everything God has planned for us. A praising and glorious life. 
That's why when I heard of the, of the solid trust you have in the master Jesus and your outpouring of love to all the followers of Jesus, I couldn't stop thanking God for you. Every time I prayed, I think of you and give thanks. And I'm going to skip on Dan. Um, he goes on to describe the extravagant love, his boundless strength. All this energy, I'm in 20, all this energy issues from Christ. God raised him from death. He set him on a throne in deep heaven in charge of running the universe. Everything from galaxies to governments, no name and no power exempt from his rule. We need to read that one more time. All this energy issues from Christ. God raised him from death. He set him on a throne in deep heaven in charge of running the universe. Everything from galaxies to governments. No name and no power is exempt from his rule. And not just for the time being, but forever. He is in charge of it all. Has the final word on everything. At the center of all of this, Christ rules the church. The church you see is not peripheral to the world. The world is peripheral to the church. The church is Christ's body in which he speaks and acts and by which he fills everything with his presence. So, Part of this God-given authority and this lesson and what's been stirring in my heart is we're living in a very upside-down world. You know, if, if ever there was a generation that lived in right is wrong and wrong is right, and you're going, you will, um, you know, you will... Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Tolerate. You'll tolerate. You'll comply. You know, or you'll be punished in, in areas of your life and maybe in your job, maybe in your family, maybe in your, in your really close family relationships, your own children. That if you don't comply or tolerate or... Uh, include all of these things that the world says is right then you're there's something wrong with you what are you you're all kinds of names terrible names you're called all kinds of things because you won't submit to a world uh, a design of the world by world powers world elites whoever is you know, self-appointed authorities in the earth, then we're non-compliant. We're, we're, not, we're not good people. We don't love. All these things that can really make you step back and say, wow, you know, do we have authority? We do. The world, the church is not peripheral to the world. And... Um, you know, we had, in 2020, we had a test in that. 
the church did, for, for sure. Were we going to close our doors and do what the world said to do? Or were we going to open our doors and be the body of Christ and walk in the authority that he has given us? So a quick side note here. Um, we'll come back to that in a little bit. Um, so we know that we've been given all authority. How? What, what gives us all authority? Somebody say something. Speak up. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit knows everything, right? He's omnipotent. He's Father, Son, Holy Spirit, all in one. There's no division. There's no separation. There's no jealousy. They are 100% in agreement. They never disagree. It is 100% God. So Holy Spirit, he gives us tools. He gives us the fruit. He gives us the gifts. He gives us whatever the Father tells him. That's, what he, that's who he is to us, in us. And, you know, there is, there, how many of you know and have experienced, had an experience where just you with the Holy Spirit inside of you walking into a situation um, changed things? Maybe for the good, maybe for the, be the worse. You know, all of a sudden, your presence, Holy Spirit inside of you, and carrying in the presence of the Lord into maybe a nefarious situation? I have. Or a situation where desperate people invite, like they do immediately. Oh! <gasps> Something happened here, and they they needed love, and they need you know they needed the fruit, and the power of the Holy Spirit, the gifts, to manifest for them in that place. So think about it. How many of you have had that kind of experience? You you probably have, because you carry you are a temple, for the living God. Now, are there illegals? Are there aliens trying to force their way into, into the temple? Yes, because they did it in the physical temple, right? They came in and they were like, by what authority? To Jesus. By what authority do you teach? By what authority do you do? By what authority? They questioned the Son of God. And by in reality, they were the aliens in the temple of the living God in the physical temple of the living God so same for us um, I, I mentioned to someone earlier it's like this has been a hard two or three days where I felt a lot of outward pressure um, and maybe it's just me maybe maybe it's just me feeling that but just an outward oppressive pressure on me 
on my spirit. And so I read these things over and over and over, and I'm like, no, I'm, no. I do not have to lose my, my peace, my joy, my righteousness. I don't have to lose those things because I'm feeling this heavy oppression trying to come and uh, torment so that I can't have peace and joy and enjoy the righteousness of Jesus in my life. So we have authority over those things. We have authority to cast out demons in ourselves. Like the demonic torment. That was demonic torment for two or three days. Now that I'm telling you, it's like I'm feeling better already. Because as much as I read these scriptures, and I, and I knew it in my mind, and I knew it in my spirit, and the Holy Spirit is agreeing and saying, oh, yes, yes, this is, this is how it is, that you are the authority over your, the temple. You are. And you decide what's allowed in and what's not. And um, so I think now more than ever, as a body, um, we have to just take these words like it is literal. We just can't float through life and it's all good and we think, oh, it's all good because it's not all good, you know. All around us, people are suffering and dying and being injured and being attacked. It's everywhere. And so as, the, as someone with authority, we have an assignment. We have an assignment. And being in the word and praying and calling somebody on the phone and just saying, hey, can you agree with me? Or just a text, you know, hey, can, you know, just send them a text. And it's like, this is what I'm feeling like and this is what I'm going through. Will you agree with me? Where two or more agree, right? And that's, you know, that's why we need each other. Do we have 100% of the Holy Spirit? Yes, we do. Does that mean we have 100% of the fruit? Yes, we do. Do we have 100% of the gifts? Yes, we do. We have 100% of the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. And yet we need every single part, every single member in the body of Christ. We do. And you'll, and that, I mean, just that example of reaching out to someone and saying, hey, this is what I've been going through. And I just, I need some help here. And will you agree with me? Call them up. Will you pray over me? Will you pray for me? And just stop it. Because the, we have an enemy who banks on coming in and wreaking havoc in the body of Christ, causing oppression, causing depression, causing things that then cause us to sin. It just does. We can't say like, oh, if I get into this, if I get into this camp, I'm not going to sin. If it's, if it's an outward uh, force and outward pressure of oppression, depression, offense, 
whatever, it's just a matter of time before that becomes sin. And we have authority over those things for a very good reason. And I'm not even talking about the world's problems. I'm talking about us, the body of Christ. We have authority over that to say, I will not, I will not agree with that and I will not get in that camp because I have, I've been set free. I've been set free. And that will take me right back to that same sin that Satan is waiting and uh, sure that I'll fall back into. Because, you know, when, when demons can do things in the body of Christ to individuals and then to groups and then to the whole body or whatever, um, somewhere we didn't exercise our authority. Somewhere we, we made an agreement with something that, so it's on all of us as the body of Christ individually, what we go through, and then what we go through as the body of Christ. And I think we have to communicate. We have to be able to um, confess to each other. Oh, hey, I, you know, I did this. I probably shouldn't. I had this conversation, whatever. Uh, will you pray with me? Let's, let's get this thing cleaned up. Okay, one thing is for sure. The world has um, plenty of fakes, um, imitators, people who want to get our ear, uh, people who want us to engage in conversations about things that we shouldn't. Um, uh, let's look at Ecclesiastes 10, 5 through 7. And then we'll just flip backwards. Oh, gosh. Okay. My books are not in the order that they're... I'm reading out of... I'm using a Bible here that's a little bit... The order's a little bit different, so I may never find Ecclesiastes. How about if somebody reads that? Um, Ecclesiastes, um, what did I say? 10, 5 through 7. How about you, Gary? Got it? Sure. Ecclesiastes 10, 5 through 7. <clears throat> there is an evil I have seen under the sun, the sword of error that arises from a ruler. Fools are put in many high positions, while the rich occupy the low ones. I have seen slaves on horseback, while princes go on foot like slaves. 5 through 7. All right, so it's, t it's a terrible thing when fools are put in positions of authority. It's, it, it is. You have disorder, you have confusion, there's lying, there's just a lot of stuff going on when you have fools in positions of authority. Um, a lot of covering up, a lot of just bad, bad stuff. Uh, Proverbs twenty nine sixteen. Let's let's look at that. 
Proverbs 29:16. Okay, I'm going to have the same problem here. Here we go. 29:16. All right. When the wicked are multiplied, transgressions increases, but the righteous will see their fall. So that's some good news. That's bad news and good news. When the wicked are multiplied, transgressions increase, but the righteous will see their fall. And, you know, God... <laughs> God sees everything. He doesn't miss a beat. He doesn't miss a word. He doesn't miss an evil plan or scheme or whatever is going on in the world around us. It's, it is. It's going on. And sometimes it's by people that we think are good people, but they're not. So he doesn't miss it, and he's faithful to expose. When we pray for people in positions of authority, like an evil person who's been given a position of authority, not over us, right? So, because what? Why? There's no authority over us unless we have, unless we have to subject in a job, maybe, or something like that, to someone that we are, have become subject to them because of our job or whatever. But at the same time, we always have that choice to be able to say, I will obey God and not man. And sometimes you just part ways. And you have to do that. There's times when you, when you have to do that. So there's foolish people in authority. There's wicked people in authority. And um, we have to rely on the government of the heavenly realm. That's where, that's where we operate. Right, we have the key. We've been given the keys to the kingdom. We have kingdom authority. First Peter, and let me see. We're not going to turn there, but just you can you you can read the whole thing, the whole book, all Pete, all of the chapters of Peter, uh, where we're called uh, priests, a royal priesthood, holy nation. That, that our part of our identity is that we have kingship, that we have, that we have priesthood, that that is part of our identity as the body of Christ. And so that's the authority that we operate in as the church. Uh, we have judicial authority to carry out the commission of the church. And again, that's the keys to the kingdom. Matthew 16, 14 through 19 are the verses for, for having the keys to the kingdom. And one thing, if I think that this can happen to us in our world just through whatever 
education you've had, whatever education you've gone through, that all of a sudden we begin to place worldly authority above us. Well, what happens when, when we do that? When we, in our thinking or how we operate or pray even, what happens when we do that? All of a sudden we've inserted between us and God a level or a place or a position that doesn't have a place there. And so we, as believers, as authority in this earth, the kingdom authority, we have to constantly, because we've got a world that's going to tell us a whole lot different. They're going to tell us. They tell us how to do it. They tell us what to do. And, you know, if I go down this highway out here 90 miles an hour and Rodney Forston happens to see me, I shouldn't have said that name, a police officer. And one time, I, I'm not going to say if I was or wasn't, but maybe I was. There was, a, there was a state police officer sitting out here. I guess this is a nice place to sit. And, you know, I, I was trying to find some Christmas music on my radio. That's all I was doing on a Friday night, going to a basketball game for one of the grands. And I'm not in my car, I'm in Jed's car, and it goes a little fast. It, at the time, the one he had went faster, and, you know, I was used to a little mom minivan, and all of a sudden I'm going, whoo! And I'm just trying to find some Christmas music, and I'm like, oh my goodness, I take my foot off the gas, and, you know, and I get my speed down. Well, I look up in my rearview mirror, and I'm like, ooh, those headlights are really, that guy's going fast. Well, that guy was going fast because he was coming after me because I was going fast. And, he, you know, he asked a few questions or whatever, and God bless him, you know, he was like, slow it down. Okay, I'm just going to my grandkids' basketball. It wasn't that. It was the Christmas music, I promise. Um, but, okay, so I said all that. That was, I guess, a confession or something. Um, so I said all that. If I, if I do that, then, yes, I am, I am subject to a law in this land. But as long as I don't break the laws, I'm a law-abiding citizen. I don't I don't have to I don't have to fear authority, the world's authority. So, you know, we have those situations, yes, and we are in this world, but we're not of this world and we do operate on a whole different level. And I'm talking mostly about the things that we deal with every single day that are, um, it's an enemy. You know, I'm, that's, these are the things that I'm talking about. That we can, we can almost get numb to some of the things that are going on in the world. That we forget, hey, I've got an assignment in this thing. I do not have to put up with that. And, and nor does anyone, any other believer or body, any other member of the body of Christ to be oppressed, to, to have their joy taken from them, to have their peace taken from them. We have assignments to, to operate in that kingdom authority. Um,
So when we say, and we do this as believers, we pray for the people in, we pray for people in positions of authority. In our minds, who are we praying for? We just kind of throw that out there. We pray for people in positions of authority. Who are we thinking of? Who is it? Without, like, if we don't name them, who are we praying for? That was a question. Somebody have something to say? I really don't like glass where I'm the only one talking. But, you know, who, who is it? So we, we pray that way, right? Don't we? We say, um, we are praying for people in positions of authority. Who, who is in our mind when we say we are praying for people in positions of authority? Sometimes I think, and I've been, I'm, I'm saying, I've said those words, and I've been guilty of it wasn't the church. It wasn't the government. It wasn't the judicial authority of the church that I was thinking of in that time. But I think that's part of the whole thing that we need to reconsider when we're praying and reconsider in our daily lives whose authority are we living under? Who do we think is the authority that we're living under? And do we see ourselves as we go from place to place, just kind of doing our daily routines or the things of life that we have to do, that we are, are really not considering that we, wherever we go, we are in authority for the kingdom of God. We are in authority. And, and then we see things happening around us, and what do we do about it? You know, are we even kind of afraid sometimes to, to address certain things that are within our kingdom authority to address? Like we just kind of look, go the other way or, or whatever. It, it, it's something in the world. It's something that's going on. Does that make sense? I'm just say, saying... Um, this is, this is a, a whole mind shift for me also because sometimes we just take what comes our way in the world and we aren't using the kingdom authority that we have uh, to say, mm, no, <laughs> but you know, I just, I don't, I can't agree with that. Uh, maybe we even listen to things that we shouldn't listen to or watch things that we shouldn't watch because that affects um, our position, our position of authority. It actually allows the world to, for us to become peripheral to the world and make agreement with things, with our words or with our actions or what we do um, with things that we should, we should not. And, and I'm not, I want you all to know, 
I am not criticizing. I'm transforming my mind with the word and how we think. And are we walking in our authority? Or are we letting the world decide what authority we have and don't have? And when we have it and when we don't have it. Because our place is always above that in the, in the heavenly kingdom authority. That place to operate there and not let ourselves get so influenced by the world and what's going on in the world. Somebody have something to say? No? Okay. I'm about to wrap it up here. So, Jesus, in giving us instructions on how to deal with an enemy who's real, he's, he's not going away. Um, well, I shouldn't say that. Resist the devil and he will flee. Right? We do have authority over the oppression and the depression and the tormenting demons and ideas that are presented to us by an enemy. Yes, we do. But he's not going, I should say, he's probably not going to stop. You know? Even more as, as his time is getting shorter and shorter and shorter. With every day, the, the kingdom of darkness the devil is facing, he's, his eternal punishment each day that goes by. And he, he will be relentless towards the body of Christ. So we, we've got to stick together. That's, I mean, it's pretty much what I'm saying about all of this is we have to stick together. We cannot let things divide and separate us. We, we must stick together. In Luke 10, 19, Jesus is saying, whoever listens to you listens to me. He's talking to his disciples. Who, us. Whoever rejects you rejects me. Whoever rejects me rejects him who sent me. The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. He replied, yes, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. Whoever, however, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. So it's a big, big deal. Let's rejoice that our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Let's rejoice. Not because we're just going to, like, hang on till Jesus comes or until we die or, till, you know, whatever. No. It's to do daily. To partici actively participate in an assignment. To operate in the authority of the kingdom. 
until that time comes. But don't forget to rejoice. You know, don't forget to rejoice that our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And we're learning. We're, lear- we're unlearning, right? As the body of Christ, we're kind of unlearning some things. I know I am. I am. Uh, you know, that, uh, that our, one of our commissions is to cast out demons, right? Elementary. Raise the dead. Elementary. And uh, so I am unlearning the things that have ever kept me from that or pursuing it. Like saying, yeah, that's, that's fine. that is great. That is an assignment. That is what we should be doing as the body of Christ. Because there are so many people, even in the body of Christ, who are so tormented by demons. We give it nice names. We throw some medicine at things. We do whatever. The world's way. But again, that's the world. And we, the church is not peripheral to the world. It's the other way around. And we can turn, we can turn this thing around. I know we can. We're all unlearning and learning. And we've got to stick together in this thing. We, we just do. We need each other. Now more than ever. Thank you for joining us this week. Until next time, 